0: without vision people perish where there is no vision people perish where there's no dreams it seems to me that we need some dreamers like never before in Alberta we need dreamers like never before in Canada we need because there's a spiritual famine and God is awakening do you realize that dreams are connected to famine God raised up Joseph a dreamer why so that he could provide in the famine. God wants to, there's a spiritual famine. There's no more urgent time than now for God to wake us up and to give us dreams and visions. Welcome to the Resurgence Messages podcast. We gather and minister regularly for the purpose of reaching people, reviving churches, and releasing leaders. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you to arise for the kingdom of God. For more information on the ministry of Resurgence and how you can take part, check out LiveResurgeons.com. Well, this is exciting. It's, it's always great to start preaching at 9.30 at night. It's like probably about 20 minutes past my normal bedtime. So, and part of the problem is I'm jet lagging a little bit because my wife and I were in Poland just over a week ago, and we were ministering to mostly Ukrainians. We're about two hours from the Ukrainian border. Uh, God is just doing something really powerful there. It is exciting to see uh, the hunger, the spiritual hunger. Uh, and, and this this network, this group that we are working with, it's, it's they have now planted over 100 churches, Ukrainian churches in Poland, and they've got about 20 other churches throughout Europe. They're just this crazy, Holy Spirit, like, just on fire network. Uh, the, the pastor, Alexander, the guy that kind of heads it up, he, he was uh, part of the, the mafia in, in uh, Ukraine. And this is like 20 years ago. And he was dying in the hospital. He had two tumors. He was skin and bones in the hospital. And the Lord radically touched him, healed him, like, instantaneously. And so that was like, I mean, that's a bit of a wake-up call. And so he's like, all right, no more mafia, Jesus, all right. So, but he's kind of got this like mafia way about him. It's just incredible, but like, like, like a sanctified mafia boss. He's just awesome. He's on fire. And anyway, we got to meet him and uh, minister there. So, God's moving in Poland. God's moving in, in Ukraine. And and what they believe is they believe that what the enemy meant for evil in Ukraine. The war that God is actually turning it as the Ukrainians scatter. Do you know that Ukrainian U- Ukraine is full of spirit-filled born-again believers? Like there's a revival in Ukraine, and they believe what the enemy is using for trying to use for evil this war with Russia. As Ukrainians go throughout Poland and Europe, and even here in Canada and around the world, that that there's a fire. There's a fresh fire. These little fire starters. How many believe that? Come on, let's believe God for that. Uh, I, I love. I love. I love just. Saying, okay, what the enemy meant for evil, we're trusting that God's turning it for good. Amen? And I believe that in your life, and I believe that for all of us. We're talking about dreams. We're talking about visions this weekend. Genesis chapter 37, if you have your Bible uh, tonight. Genesis 37. Tonight tonight and tomorrow, I want to talk to you about how we can position ourselves to receive God's dreams, but also to walk them out. How many know that we got to receive dreams from the Lord, visions, dreams? but that our opportunity is always that we, we steward them. We walk them out. Um, but we got to first receive. Without vision or dream, the people perish. Proverbs 29. Without vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there's no dreams, it seems to me, That we need some dreamers like never before in Alberta. We need dreamers like never before in Canada. We need, because there's a spiritual famine. And God is awakening. Do you realize that dreams are connected to famine? God raised up Joseph, a dreamer. Why? So that he could provide in the famine. God wants to, there's a spiritual famine. There's no more urgent time than now for God to wake us up and to give us dreams and visions. But we first must receive this. How many know there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea? We can have some good ideas, but God wants to deposit His ideas, His heart, His blueprint, His download for our lives. I think it was Walt Disney's wife. It was, uh, they were... I guess Walt Disney wasn't there or whatever because maybe he passed away, right? And they, and he passed away right before they opened Disney World. You guys ever heard this? And Walt Disney's wife, there was somebody there saying, "Oh, I wish Walt could could see what's happening here." And she said, "Well, he did see it. He did see it. We need we need dreamers. We need visionaries. Dreams and visions. And it's one of the ways that God speaks, and we see this through Scripture. God." Showed Abraham even even images and pictures and dreams and visions and, and and God showed Abraham. He says, "Look at the stars." And he's like, like "And and 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 that was like a pi- a picture." He got a picture in his mind. That's what your descendants are going to be. Look at the sand. That's going to be your descendants. Jacob and Daniel and the prophets. You see, dreams and visions are are the language of the Holy Spirit. The language of the Spirit. God speaks. In dreams and visions. Joel chapter 2. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In other words, there's going to be old and young that will dream dreams, see visions. Male and female, young and old. This is, this is the promise. This is what happened in the book of Acts. When Peter got up and he said this is that which Joel talked about, this is a season, this is an era, this is a time of the Holy Spirit releasing releasing dreams, dreams and visions. So God is a dream giver. But how we carry the dream, how we steward the dream, there's a process of God developing character in our lives that we can steward all the dreams that God wants to download in our lives. And we see this in the narrative of Joseph. So Genesis 37, it's a familiar narrative. Most of us would know about the story of Joseph, or you've seen Donnie Osmond in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Or, you know, we're all familiar with this, this narrative. Um, but there are some rich theological themes that run, that run deep. It's interesting to note that it's about 25% of Genesis actually deals with the life of Joseph. So it takes up a good chunk of Genesis. And it's the theme of God's sovereign rule over history, over famines, over the affairs of men. And Joseph we see also as an Old Testament picture of Jesus Christ. So many parallels in so many ways. So when you you read Joseph, you can see Jesus. This is what I always want to encourage people in. When you read the Scriptures, always look for Jesus. In the Old Testament, look for Jesus. In the New Testament, look for all you can see Jesus in the story in the life of Joseph. So I, I want to just kind of fly over some of the story tonight. We'll see how far we get, um, but I want to look at some lessons from the life of Joseph that show us how we can live into, how we can steward, how we can prepare our lives to to really carry the dreams and the visions and the things that God wants to download. In our lives, so Genesis thirty-seven. This is the account of Jacob's family line. All right. So Joseph, a young man of seventeen, was tending the flocks. So I want us to stop right there. I want us. I want you to notice Joseph, seventeen years old. What is he doing? He's tending the flocks. I mean, you know that God speaks to people. He likes to speak to people that are serving the flock. You see this in Moses. You, you see Moses was out tending the flocks. He was out tending the flocks when the burning bush shows up. He's like, I see a bush. It's 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 on fire, but it's 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 not burning itself up. He goes over to see what was Moses doing when when God got his attention. He was tending flocks. What was David doing before he was uh, was called to the battlefield to to take on Goliath? He was just serving. He was tending the sheep. He was serving his brothers some lunch. I want to encourage all of us and remind us that there's something about that sh- attending the flock of God. You see, there's the, the, the leadership in the Bible, one of the major metaphors is shepherd. Jesus being the good shepherd, the great shepherd. And he calls us then as under-shepherds to shepherd. We want to hear from God. Get plugged in to your local church. Serve. And I think so many of you, obviously, are, are, are you're into that. Like, I'm preaching to the choir here. But I think there's something about, as we serve, sometimes we, we look for, like, how can God show me or download this dream? But it says, Joseph was tending the flocks, and he was serving. He was tending the flocks. And then the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha. Those are nice names if you're ever having a baby. You're just looking for good baby names. Sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives, uh, he brought their father then a bad report about them. So now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and they could not speak a kind word to him. Verse 5, so Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, which is what we all love to do every Saturday afternoon. Sounds like a party. And suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. And his brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. And then he had another dream, this crazy dreamer. He just keeps dreaming. And he told this to his brothers. He goes, Listen. He said, I had another dream. And, And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to moi. And when he told his father... As well as his brothers, his fathers rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had, you little crazy dreamer? What's going on, you crazy dreamer, dream Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. This is interesting. But his father, his father kept the matter in mind. In other words, daddy's like, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about this. Another translation says, but his father didn't know what the dream meant. How many know there's a generation that doesn't know what what their dream is? There's even people that are not followers of Jesus in our culture. And God's downloaded some stuff in their heart and they're trying to figure it out. And and we need to rise up in the spirit of Joseph, not, not in his cockiness, but again in his refined joseph process that you will see here but we need to rise up and we need to help others we need to help others discover what the dream means for their lives i grew up in a pastor's home my mom and dad in ministry for many years my dad passed away in december 2019 and he passed away pretty young and um he was he was uh, still preparing his last sermon. Uh, the week before he went into the hospital, and uh, I like to say that my dad died with his boots on. Um, it was going to be his last Sunday, and he never got to preach his last sermon. But it was kind of cool because I saw his little notes, kind of chicken scratched in his office when, after he had passed away, and so I I got to preach his last sermon at his funeral. It was a real honor. But my dad died with his boots on my mom and dad they they pastored for many many years and they're originally from the calgary area and then they felt the call of god on their lives and they went down to washington state they ministered in the u.s a couple places they planted a church in the seattle area and i was a church plant kid growing up and setting up chairs and sneaking donuts and, you know, everything that church plant kids do. And and uh, they ended up buying some property. God moved miraculously. They built a building. The church was around five 600 people. And, and everything was going really well for them. And one night, my mom had a dream. My mom had a dream, a vivid dream. And the Lord showed her a picture of a a sign, and it it said Richmond, and it was over a big white building with long windows. And she said to my dad, she woke up, she goes, I just had a dream, and I really feel like it was from God. And she said, "I, I feel like the Lord, and I saw on this dream, I saw this white building, these long windows, and I saw people putting up curtains in a house, and she goes, I feel like God's stirring our hearts and that we need to be open. Maybe we need to move to Richmond, Virginia. And they had never heard of richmond british columbia but that's that ended up being where it was because god began to stir their hearts to go back to canada and so because it used to be called lulu island but they had just changed the name not very long before my mom had this dream to richmond they didn't even know about it they didn't ever heard of richmond canada they only knew about richmond virginia and they said this is interesting because their their hearts began to stir for canada and and I, i remember I was just a kid and we got in a car and driving up to Canada one day through the border, through the Peace Arch. And when we drove to the back parking lot of the Richmond Pentecostal Church, it's a big white building with these long windows. And my mom said, that's the building. That's the dream I had. And, she, and, and what was so interesting was, and they held it to themselves. They held it. They didn't say anything And they ended up talking to the church and the board interviewed them. The the church was in debt. There's nothing in the natural for them really to want to go. They had a a nice church in Seattle. They had a new building in Seattle. They had, we were living in Seattle. Seattle's great. Like Starbucks, like Seattle's great. Like Seahawks. Why would we want to go to Richmond, British Columbia? But my mom had a dream, she had a divine dream. And so they were obedient to that process. And the church could barely afford to pay them. And part of the deal was that they, they, so we we had a beautiful house in Seattle. Seriously, it was beautiful. Lived in a beautiful neighborhood. Big redwood trees everywhere. Like, I mean, it was incredible. And they had this little, like, three-bedroom, tiny little parsonage with a ditch out front. And my mom and dad says, we have to be obedient to God's dream. And so they held it back until their first Sunday in that church and my mom got up and said we are here but here's the dream God gave me here's why we're here you know I'm so thankful for that because that was our family's way back to Canada and we were in Richmond and then my parents ended up pastoring in a couple different cities within Canada and I grew up in Canada I was 10 years old when we moved from Seattle to Richmond and God began to stir my heart for Canada and then 10 years ago, the Lord called my wife Heather and I and our kids, our four daughters, to, from British Columbia where we were living to Calgary to come pastor at First Assembly. And in the interview process, I got together with my dad. And I said, Dad, this church First Assembly has reached out to me and they're interested in interviewing us to come. They're looking for a lead pastor. And I said, uh, what do you think, Dad? And he looks across the table and he said your grandfather, your grandfather was saved through First Assembly. I'm like, really? I had no idea. He says, yeah. He says, it was the Christensen family when the church was on 8th Avenue, and they invited your grandfather to one of the revival nights, and your grandfather received Christ, and he was a chain smoker, and he was an alcoholic, and He he got filled with the Spirit, and he went home. He was so excited about getting saved that he went to his liquor cabinet. He says, I'm going to drink to my salvation. This is incredible. (laughs) He poured himself a drink. He takes one sip, and the Lord just, he lost all taste for it. And the Lord said, dump it all down the toilet. You say, "Well, that's legalistic. No, because nobody told him otherwise. The Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you can't drink beer or or wine if you do you know you might not get to heaven but i mean (laughs) i'm not so then so then he uh but for him he was addicted and then so he's like well i can't drink so i'll smoke so he he grabbed a cigarette and he lit up a cigarette i'll smoke to my salvation and he started choking on his own cigarette and and so the lord said get rid of your cigarettes and so he threw all his cigarettes out i'm not saying you can't smoke either But there's no smoking in heaven there is smoking section in hell though so just uh, keep that in mind i'm just saying i don't know it's not about salvation but i'm just i'm just teasing um but for him he was addicted and god delivered him and so when we were in the process at first assembly i had no idea that my grandfather who was from turner valley moved to calgary He got saved through the same church that the Lord has now done full circle, called us back. We were living in Seattle, and God gave my mom a supernatural dream. And when she responded, it opened up a whole new trajectory for our family. And in the grand scheme of God, how he weaves things together, he had it in his heart that one day Heather and I would step in and pastor the very church where my grandfather was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. It was just a little little work on 8th Avenue at that time. And of course, I didn't tell the congregation at First Assembly any of this, but a few months after I was pastoring, I had my dad come and he preached and he shared that story. And it was so beautiful for him to be able to share some of that story. What kind of dreams has God given you? What kind of visions? Do you have a dream for your life? Do you have something in your heart that you feel like God has been nudging you towards? You see, when we dream, it's not just about us dreaming for our own lives and our own, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to get a dream. But it's really, here's how it works. God has a dream for you. It's not that you have a dream for yourself, but God actually has a dream for you. And it's kind of like, he has a dream that is very specific for you, but it's, it's not just for you. And and, and it unlocks so much for other people. And when you and I respond and when we step into the dream of God for our lives, that obedience actually not only unlocks so much for you and for me in our own lives, but it unlocks for others. It's It's always about others. My mom being obedient, my dad being obedient to my mom's dream unlocked so much for my future that I didn't even know about. And so we got to find out what is God's dream for us. And and it's not always like I'm going to be like the next CEO of Air Canada. That's my dream. You know, that's God's dream. That might be God's dream for you. But it also might be to be an incredible father or mother or husband or wife or business owner or teacher or somebody who works in the trades or whatever it may be. doesn't matter what your job. Even Jesus was a carpenter. Come on. I mean, like, that's a good job. I mean the reality it doesn't matter what you do career-wise, but God still has a design and a dream. And He has so much more for you and me sometimes than we than we recognize in the natural. And and part of what we see in the Joseph narrative is we see that God had a very specific dream. And, and yeah, Joseph's grand. You say, well, Joseph, Joseph. Like, he's like one guy. But there's principles in here that I believe apply to all of our walks and all of our journeys. And can I just say this, that there is so much more from, for you and for me than we're currently experiencing in God. There, there is. There's got to be. I live with that sense. I'm like God. I thank you for blessing me, but I feel like the Lord has reminded me many times, like, yeah, Ben, there's blessing, there's grace, there's anointing on your life, there's there's leadership, but but, but I'm like, but I'm hungry for everything. How about you? I don't want to. I don't want to just get God's. You know, like 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 I I want I want to step. I want to I want to just get God's just like little you know direction. And yeah, I'm good with this. When there's so much more that He has for me. I don't want to settle. I want to step in. And I know that's in your heart tonight, too, that there's so much more than what we're currently experiencing. How many believe that? There's more in God than we're currently experiencing. There's got to be. There's more for the church in Canada. There's more for our lives personally. There's more for our families. There's more There's more blessing. There's more grace. There's more anointing. There's there's just there's more because God, God is a God of more than enough. He's the all-sufficient one. He's, he's got so much for us. God has a dream. Before I formed you, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart as a prophet to the nations. The New Testament says we're Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which what? God prepared in advance. What good works did God prepare in advance that you and I are not walking in yet. Let's walk in them. Let's walk in those dreams. Let's walk in those things that God has already prepared in his heart for us. See, a lot of people get started on the dream of God, but they get discouraged. Life challenges or our own brokenness, our own doubts, our own fear, fears, our own failures. At times, we can, we can get stuck in the journey. But Joseph, the Joseph story, we learn that the path to living into God's dream it looks like a relentless commitment to character formation and stewardship of that dream. And we're invited into this, into this process. So how do we do this? We're, we're just going to look at a couple tonight, and then we're probably going to pray, and then I'll probably pick up the rest tomorrow. But let me just give you a few tonight. So how do we do this? Before you do or dream anything, You are loved, purposed, and destined in God. Can I just remind you that before you do or dream anything, you're already loved? I'm already loved. Right? You're already loved. You're already chosen. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. And Joseph, he even knew this. That's why he was a little bit cocky. He was loved by his father. I think there's something about that when we when we get how much we're loved. We don't have to strive. We don't have to prove. We can just rest in God's love and his approval for us. His older brother was Reuben. And he was from, from Leah, or the concubine of Bilhah, even. And he was the firstborn, but... That was kind of messed up. He had a messed up family, okay? Let's just say that. Concubines and double wives, and it's like a reality show. And surprisingly enough, it wasn't from Louisiana or somewhere deep south. It was like in Israel somewhere. But this echoes the Father's love for Jesus, doesn't it? That we're already loved before we dream or do anything. The Father loves us like he loved his own son Jesus when Jesus was baptized I love this when he went to John the Baptist and he was baptized said that the voice came from heaven this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and it says the Holy Spirit came and descended like a dove but the voice says I'm pleased this is before Jesus performed any miracles before Jesus did anything he didn't feed in he didn't feed in the 5,000 he didn't do anything, and the Father said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Some people give up on their dreams because they feel unloved. They feel looked over by God. They feel like, oh man, how can I have a dream? I want to step into God's dreams for my life, but I, I don't feel loved. You see, when we when we have this orphan spirit, it hinders us stepping into all the dreams that he has for us. We have to get a revelation of a spirit of sonship, a spirit of being a daughter, a son of God. And for some of you this weekend, it could be that the Lord wants to heal some things in your heart that have been holding you back from stepping in fully to the dreams that God has in his heart for you. Because there's a bit of an orphan mentality. There's a bit of a, I don't know if if God truly loves me. I, I don't know if I'm doing enough to earn God's favor. We can get into religion. We can get into work so quickly. All of us can. I, I'm a pastor, and sometimes I can begin to think, like, well, I wonder if I'm, like, good enough for God to preach this sermon on Sunday. I don't know if I have read my Bible enough this week, or, you know, I only prayed in tongues for five minutes this week, and I did it for 15 minutes last week before church, and so I wonder if God's going to move powerfully in my life. I wonder if he loves me enough to, like, I even get into this weird head games. We all do. That's when we have to remind ourselves. We're fully loved. Before we dream or do anything, you're already completely loved, accepted, and forgiven. And Joseph was loved by his father. And his father was lavishing his love upon him, put the coat of many colors on him. Second thing is this. God is the dream giver, but you and I are called to be the dream carrier. We've got to steward. we got to carry. Joseph had a dream. The, the word here in Hebrew is about binding. When it says Joseph had a dream, it was like this, there's binding here. And it's almost like this. It's not just that Joseph had a dream. Listen to this. It's that the dream had Joseph. So it's not about just you and me having a dream. Well, I got a dream for my life. It's like, what is God's dream for you? And does God's dream have you? I got God's dream for my life. No. Does God's dream have you? Are you bound to to walking out, saying, God, whatever it is you have for me, I know it's good. I know it's pleasant. I know it's perfect. I know it's a blessing. I know it's there's favor. It's about trusting the Father's heart to say, I'm loved, and God's way, His dream, His destiny, His calling, His grace, His anointing, the ministry He has for me, the path He has for me, that I trust His heart enough, even though times can be tough. It's not that I have a dream, because when we have a dream, we can put it on the shelf and say, well, that's not really working out. But when the dream has us, we're already committed. We're already in, and it says here, this word is bind. Joseph had a dream. The dream had Joseph. The dream, does, the dream, does God's dream have you? Because as long as you're controlling God's dream for your life, you can always there's always an option to go, well, it's not really working out. Put it on the shelf. See, the Holy Spirit wants to do something so transformational, I believe, in your life this weekend. You'll walk out of here and say, yeah, I've had some ideas of how God wants, you know, what he's doing in my life and I, what, kind of what God's destiny and his future is for me. But I, th- I feel like for some of you, God's going to actually reveal to, to you the dream and it's going to be like this dream is going to get a hold of you. It's like his heart, like it's like that momentum that I was speaking about earlier. God's dream is going to get a hold of you in, in an unprecedented way. Because when God's dream gets a hold of us, it actually, and this is what happened with Joseph. This is why when, when his brothers put him down the pit, he, he was in the pit. They, they wanted to kill him, but they had mercy at the last minute. Let's just throw him in a pit and sell him as a slave. When he was in the pit, yeah, it was hard. But when he got out of the pit and he went to Potiphar's house... He still had the dream alive in his heart. He didn't say, well, I was thrown in the pit and now I'm a slave. And I guess that coat that I had and all those dreams that I had and I was telling my dad and I was telling my brothers, I guess that was yesterday's news. I guess that, that, was, that was then and this is now. I guess I'm just a slave. I guess nobody loves me. I guess I'm rejected. I guess I have a broken family. I guess I have, you know, brothers and sisters. I got dysfunction. I got, like, my dad's got wives. and Like, it's just weird. Like, I got a broken, messed up, family, and therefore I'm an orphan, I'm a slave, I'm a reject. And so it's head games. And as long as we have head games going on in our own head, if we think it's my dream, then we're going to lose sight of it. But when it's God's dream and when the dream has you, you can go through the pit and you can go to Potiphar's house. And in Potiphar's house, even as a slave, you can do everything with an excellent spirit. And you can continue on the journey, God's dream. Not do you have God's dream, but does God's dream have you? It's kind of like the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, brother, i got the Holy Spirit in my life. Well, that's great, but does the Holy Spirit have you? Well, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1995 at a camp, Caroline. It was awesome. I spoke in tongues for like 45 minutes solid. Great. What has happened since then? I don't know. I just whatever. I just go to church on Sundays and drink beer, watch football. Not, doing my, you know, sometimes yell at my kids and kick my dog. And great. Where's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? I don't care if you had say you have the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit have you? It's the same thing. I got God's dream for my life. Yeah, but it's optional when it gets hard. If it's yours, does God's dream have you? When God's dream has you. You're going to go through the pit. You're going to go, you're going to go through the Potiphar's house. You're going, to, you're going to get into the prison. Even in the prison, Joseph was like, hey, guys. Like, he had an excellent spirit. It says of Daniel that he had an excellent spirit. Joseph had an excellent spirit. This type, this picture of Christ. In the pit, he's, he's, still, he's still alive. He's still on fire. In, 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 the, in Potiphar's house, he's still on fire. In the prison, he's on fire. Everything he did, he just did with an excellent spirit. God's a dream giver, but you're called to carry that dream. Does the dream have you? Joseph's dream, he says, there's 11 stars, the moon, the sun. They're all bowing down to me. Somehow this dream got a hold of him. And where he started out probably in pride, it's interesting to see how God will allow us to go through a season of refining. So don't despise the pit, because it's just a pit stop. Don't don't despise Potiphar's house where you got to do a little bit of work, where you're a little bit misunderstood, you're a little bit looked over, you're you're a little bit. There's some temptations there you got to avoid. You got to stay true to your calling. You got to keep going. He, he was Joseph was given charge of all these things in his house. He was given some favor, but he had to just keep going. God's a dream giver, and he's called us to steward that no matter what season, no matter what place we are in. A couple of cautions with dreams. Sometimes your dreams, you shouldn't really share them with certain people. Uh, you know, when we get a dream in the night, whatever it may be, whether we get a a vision, a a word from God, an image, a picture. Sometimes that's when, when, I had a guy come up to me in church uh, just last Sunday, and he says, can I talk to you? I'm like, sure. He goes, I had a dream, and it was kind of a weird dream. He's like, it was like this, you know, whatever. I can't even remember, like, all the details, but it was like this weird thing happened, and then it was this, and there was, like, these three heads, and uh, I'm like, "Okay." And so he tells me this, like, 10-minute dream, and it's like the Lord of the Rings, basically. And I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Some metaphors there, probably, you know. I'm just, like, trying to figure it out. And so he's like, so what does it mean? And I'm just like, well, listen, like, I have some ideas. But first of all, let me just say, what do you think it means? Because when God gives you a dream, it's usually for you first. He's like, I think it's for the church. I'm like, no, it's probably for you church first. Like, how many Sundays have you been coming? Three. You know, it's probably not for the church. Like, it's probably for you Right, like chances are, God gave you the dream; it's for you. So sometimes people are like, "God gave me a dream; it's for everybody." They put it on Facebook, it's like, eh, like whatever. and They, Donald Trump's going to be the next prime minister of Canada. It's like, or whatever. Um, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> so, like, like whatever, like. And sometimes, and here's the other thing, when God gives you a dream, it's usually for you first, even if it involves other people. Sometimes it's for intercession. It shouldn't just be shared with everybody, just random. So use some caution. The other thing is not all dreams are from God. We have a soul, and and sometimes it's what we're feeding our mind with the the day or the night before. Uh, Pay attention to your dreams, because God speaks through through dreams many, many times throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. And like I said, dreams are the language of the Spirit. In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit, and, 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 and young and old will dream dreams, right, men and women. And so pay attention to those dreams, but not all dreams are from God because we have a soul. We have, sometimes it's, it's the pizza we ate last night. It's, it's the dreams. Like, wow, okay. So discern them. So dreams need to be discerned. And here's how we weigh them. Are they biblical, first of all? Are they reinforcing biblical truth? Are they honoring God's heart and his character? So we, we should discern, and we can go to trusted mentors and and friends. Okay, here's my last point for tonight. Number three, God's presence with you indicates that God's plans are for you. This is how you can discern the dream of God for your life. It's his presence. It says about Joseph, you see this phrase multiple times, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did, Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did, Genesis 39.3. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love, Genesis 39.21. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed, Genesis 39.23. God was with him. God was with him. And furthermore, living into God's dream requires going through that refining process. To steward the dream in in the refining process. This dysfunctional home, this crazy situation that Joseph found himself in through the process. You know, the brothers hated him. Like, here comes this dream expert. And a lot of people give up on dreams when it's tough. But God is faithful, even in the middle of tough times, to give us fresh dreams, fresh revelation, fresh insight. God wants to, to help us. And I, and I think this is, we we got to be open to, like, Lord, speak. It's like Samuel speak Lord your servant is listening I'm hungry and I'm positioning my life Lord to hear you because God is so faithful even through hard times and and I, I love Travis's prayer tonight maybe the Lord's just gonna give us some dreams and some visions tonight as we sleep wouldn't that be beautiful just to show us some things that we could weigh out we could discern that we could pray into that we could be encouraged that we could be reminded dreams and visions they're the language of the Holy Spirit and he wants to reveal his heart creativity and life, dreams and visions. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. So we should expect to have dreams from God. I'll just end with this tonight. Um, You know, coming to First Assembly, keyboard can come. That's probably going to make me go faster, give you some hope that I'm ending. The keyboard will give you hope that I'm closing up. Um, first cu- couple years coming t- to pastor our church and uh, Jeremy, we were talking about the, the old pews and the old carpet and we miss those days, don't we? Not. <laughs> yeah. So we've done some renos and whatever. God's been faithful. It's not about that. But there were some really tough things going on, uh, even financially within the, within the church. When I got there, there were some things that Um, with a whole year without a lead pastor, things had kind of gotten a little bit out of whack, and we found ourselves upside down and in in the red quite a bit. And so we were kind of slowly trying to climb out. And this is like, I guess, a couple years after I'd been there. And uh, we had so many dreams, and God was beginning to show us some vision for the church and where we're going. And God began to stir within me about the south of the city. And Michael Larson, our worship pastor and I, we began to dream about, you know, a school of worship and a ministry school and, and some albums we wanted to, you know, songwriting and just some dreams were just starting to come alive. And we're just like, ah, this is exciting. But we were like upside down. We we're like in the red. We're like, okay, should we go out for lunch today? No, let's just go for coffee. <laughs> you know, should we, you know, and we, and we had to. We had to even like roll back people's salaries like on staff for a while, like including mine. Like, so it was kind of like, it's lean times, lean, lean times. And that's like the worst thing to ever do. Like when you're in charge of a ministry or a church. And I've had to do that twice in my life. And I remember I had to do that in BC because our our, our it was kind of like Alberta YC. Like I, I gave leadership to this thing in BC called History Maker. And it was like a smaller version of, it was still in a hockey stadium, but it was like a smaller version of Alberta YC and and the f- first couple of years that i was a director like we'd lost like so much money and our budgets were tanking and you know it was embarrassing and um in bc i had to roll back my salary and our team and it was horrible it was like the worst thing in the world just for a C. story sorry guys like you know i can't make budget Can we all take a 20 percent cut and get through this year and pull up our bootstraps and and uh, they're all going sure, no problem, Ben. And they're probably going out and just like, I can't believe this guy, and probably having Ben Johnson, you know, for for dinner or whatever you call it, right? When the pastor preaches, right, they have a go, they go have, they chew his sermon up and spit it out for lunch or whatever, right? So I just, I, you know, th- thankfully the team stayed with me. I, So I had to do that in BC. And then when I came to Calgary, I'm like, God, I can't believe I have to do this again. Like, this is tough. This is so like embarrassing kind of. And like, what's the deal with me and like getting into like financial troubles and hardships. And I got to like get through it. I'm in the pit, Lord. I had a dream and now I'm just in the pit and I'm in the prison. I'm being rejected by my brothers. I'm being misunderstood. I'm people probably think this and say that so so here I am in Calgary a couple years in and we're just so Michael and I are dreaming but we're just and so the Bible College Vanguard uh, Vanguard called me and Michael said why don't you come up Michael you can lead worship and Ben you can speak at a chapel and teach a couple classes and so we're like yeah sure we can do that So jump in Michael's truck. He picks me up. We're driving up to Edmonton, and we're like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into our drive, and Michael Larson, our worship pastor, he said to me, he goes, Ben, he goes, I believe that some of these dreams we're talking about, God's going to provide financially. I just see it coming in. And I'm like, yeah, amen, you know, praise the Lord. You You know how it is, right? It's like, like, Lord, I just need a mustard seed, and I can't even find a mustard seed right now. I'm just like, yeah, praise the Lord, Michael. Yeah, I believe it too. And if you know Michael, he's just so childlike. He's just like, yeah, anything's possible with God, man. It's like, yeah, he lives his life like that. It's just incredible. Everywhere he goes, like miracles are just bursting out. He's like, oh yeah, I just saw that coming last week in a prophetic song I was singing and this happened. And like He's just like one of these guys, right? Anyway, so it's good to hang out with people like that. So anyway, we're driving up. He's like, I believe God's going to bless us. Like I just see like, just like, so much money just coming into the church, or maybe a little, I'm like, okay, cool. So, we get up to Edmonton, and uh, we're just jumping out of the truck, and Michael's got his guitar, we're, we're late for chapel, and my phone's buzzing, bzz, bzz, bzz. and I, I'm just looking, at getting like several texts, and it's from my executive pastor, and it's like, bzz, bzz. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get it later. So, you know what I mean? Like when it's a busy time and i am like, okay, so I'm jumping in, I'm preaching. And then I went right into a couple classes I'm teaching. So I literally just kind of like put my phone on silence and I, I didn't even have time to read the text. So whatever, we get through the day and driving on the way back and we're like, hey, let's just stop for, for dinner. So we kind of pull over to the restaurant and uh, sitting at the table and, 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 Larson goes in to use the washroom and I'm sitting at the table and I finally like, Oh, I'll just check my text messages this is not my cell phone, by the way, uh, <laughs> check my text messages, and I'm like, it's my executive pastor, please call me, please, it's the accounting person, please call me, please call me, like, what's going on, like, so I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up, like, sorry, been all day at the Bible college, and so my executive pastor, he's like, Ben, you wouldn't believe it, I'm like, well, what happened, he's like, he's like, I tell you, like, this is crazy, um, There were, there were two deposits of $120,000 each at church yesterday. And I'm like, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. No. So that's cool, right? So the part that I forgot to tell you is this. Sorry. Can you can you re- rewind with me a bit? Just, just roll back the YouTube thing. Just like, <laughs> okay. So when Michael and I were driving up, Michael's like, God's going to provide. God's gonna. I said, that's interesting, Michael, because even though I had a struggle getting faith, I said, it's interesting you say that because I had a dream last night. I forgot to tell you this part. This is like the most important part of the story. <laughs> like the, the whole conference is on dreams, right? So it's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you think I could synchronize this story properly? So much for, yeah, okay. Um, so we're driving. I said, it's interesting because I had a dream last night. And I said, and I woke up just kind of thinking about it this morning. And I think it might be from God. And it's interesting you say that because in the dream, here's what happened in the dream. It was like I was with the Lord. And it was like, it was really strange because in the dream, it was like the Lord, I was like here. Okay, It's a dream. So just, it was a dream within a dream. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. I mean, so it's like here, I'm in, I'm here. And then the Lord's like, come on over here. And it was like, I went through like a portal. I know it's weird, right? But like, I went through like this, like this other realm. It was really interesting in the dream. And in this other realm, it was like the Lord was there and he was like, he was so happy to see me. And he was like, here was this sense. I've been waiting to do this. I've been waiting. And now's the time. It was like this sense of like, this is so exciting because I've been wanting to do this for a while and the time the, the kairos moment like the time is now for me to do this for you and i'm like okay well what, what's going on and and it was like i saw the lord just put out in front of me it was like a chest like a treasure chest and it opened up and had velvet in it and there were two gold coins two gold coins and and i looked over and and i said these are gold coins he's like yeah and he's like, pick, pick up a coin, pick up that coin. So I picked up a coin and it was like about the size of like an Olympic coin, you know, like a gold medal almost. And it was malleable. It was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. So I put it back and I said, is the other one for me? And it was like the Lord was like laughing at me. He's like, yeah, right. I <laughs> <As> if, <laughs> but it was almost like a friend, right? It's like, yeah, right. Is that like, no, of course not. It's for you. Like it's for the church, right? I'm like, oh, okay, just kidding, just kidding. But it was like God was like, he was like entertained, like he was like entertained by it. He was like, oh, ha, ha, funny, it's for the church. I'm like, oh, good one, just kidding. Um, and the impression was, was this is for the church. I'm like, okay. So anyway, now come back with me to the restaurant. <laughs> so my, my executive pastor's texting me like crazy. He's like, yeah, two, two deposits of $120,000 like wow praise the lord that's going to get us like pretty close out of our line of credit and yeah, thank you jesus and like rejoicing like this is amazing yeah so praise the lord right yeah praise the lord right yeah amen amen so you guys are like oh, big deal so i was rejoicing i you have to, like, I was like, we were almost out of our line of credit. I'm like, this is good. God's providing. This is supernatural. So next Sunday comes. And the following Tuesday, uh, the accounting d- department says, Ben, would you please come into our office I'm make like, sure? And so we knew there was someone in our church. We knew the, the person or whatever who gave the $220,000, uh, which is I don't know why they would give two one hundred and twenty thousand prophetic. I don't know. Like I'm just like one hundred and that like the like twelve. You know, government. I'm just trying to figure it all out. Like I'm like researching like Bible code. Like I'm tr- I'm just trying to. I'm like watching televangelists. I'm trying to figure it out. I can't. I TBN I'm like what and. uh so whatever, maybe there's symbolism to it. The accounting offices, come on in here. They said, yesterday we got, over the weekend, we got three deposits at church. Uh, bank drafts. Three bank drafts. From somebody we have no, there's no, no we have no idea who gave them because they're just anonymous bank drafts from the Royal Bank. Of $500,000. Three times 500,000. 1.5 million. And now I'm like, okay, Larson's onto something. <laughs> so I'm like, what's the dream about? Like the dream was two coins. So anyway, if you have any interpretations, let me know. Uh, I'm like, God, so the, I, I kind of saw the, t- the two coins as almost like deposits of like the Lord, like, like here's like what I'm doing and here's what's coming. And so obviously that got us like way on the other side of everything financially and as a church. Um, 500, 500, 500. Grace, grace, grace. Five, five, five. I don't know. But it was a dream that gave me the, it was like the Lord, he, he, he spoke it to me before it actually began to happen. And there are some things that the Lord has spoken to me. There's some things that God has spoken to you about in dreams, visions. And maybe they haven't even come to full fruition yet in your life. But I believe that God wants to release so much more. He wants to speak. He wants to work miraculously. Yes, Lord, is it you? (laughs) Your servant is listening. (laughs) Another million dollars just got deposited into your church account. Thank you, Jesus. Ding! I love that sound. Uh, you might have a dream, or God might give it. But does the dream have you? Does God's dream have you? When God's dream has you, anything is possible. We can expect anything to happen at any moment when our lives are surrendered to the dream giver. I wonder if you'd stand with me. I want to pray tonight. So thank you, Lord. As much as all of us could use another 1.5 million plus, well, let's put another 240,000 on top of that. God has so much more for us than even deposits into our bank accounts, although let's all be open to that, shall we? God I believe tonight wants to deposit he wants to deposit something fresh inside of each one of us that would awaken a hunger to hear him to dream again God's wanting to brush off old dreams he's wanting to give some new dreams he's wanting to speak you see the biggest battle in our mind is our imagination Corinthians talks about that that we that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty in the pulling down of strongholds. Where are strongholds? They're in our mind. Pulling down of imaginations. So God wants to renew and, and redeem and refresh a spiritual a godly imagination of dreaming again and and so our warfare happens in in our minds and as we begin to imagine. Things that are deposited, but through the world, the flesh, the devil, just our own, our own patterns, our own brokenness, our humanness, our our sin, our failure. Those imaginations begin to become, in some ways, self-fulfilled dreams in our lives. But the the spiritual battle and the warfare is to say, Lord, I want to pull down every imagination that would exalt itself against You, and I want to replace those things with. God imagination, God dreams, vision for my life, what you have in your heart, Lord. And I don't want to just hold it. I want it to hold me and I want it to carry me through. And I want it to, I want it to lead me into all of your purposes, Lord, as I just hold on tightly to the dream that you have for my life and for my city and for this nation, Lord, in this time of drought and desert and famine, Lord, like Joseph, you were preparing a dreamer to, to bring provision in a famine. And Lord, you are raising up dreamers again that you want to deposit dreams to that will be people that will rise up and be providers in a spiritual famine. We need dreamers to rise up. We need that spirit of Joseph that just hung on to the dream of God. So that when the timing was right, he could stand up and be the provider in the place of famine. So Father, tonight I pray, Lord, your blessing over each one. I thank you, Lord, that as we spend time and we we talk about, Lord, we we were like those who dreamed. And God Oh, Lord, give us fresh vision. Give us fresh dreams. Lord, for resurgence, Lord, and for this ministry. Let there be new wine and new wineskins, Lord. Let there be fresh dreams and revelation. And, Lord, I thank you that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. So help us, Lord, to ask big. And help us, Lord, to imagine more and to dream more because you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. We ask and dream and imagine. So right now, begin to ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Come on, let's just begin to ask the Lord. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, ask, or dream. So Lord, tonight we're asking and we're dreaming with you. We're asking and we're dreaming with you. And we say, Lord, thank you that you are able to do much more. And so we're asking big and we're dreaming big. And Lord, you're able to do more, much more than we ask or imagine. According to what? The power of of the Spirit, the power that works in us. Lord, we're not wishing and hoping and waiting for something that might happen. We are activating it now by faith, through our own faith, through our own lives. We are saying, Lord, we are calling things that are not as though they are. We are taking authority and we are walking into the very purposes of God for our lives. We will no longer see ourselves as orphans and as slaves and as rejects. Lord, we will see ourselves as chosen, loved by God beloved of God father thank you tonight that you are healing us and helping us as we move into the very dreams and your purposes for our lives thank you Lord come on let's worship him Lord tonight let's worship him tonight just lift up your praise to him tonight lift up his name oh Jesus we give you praise Lord you are the dream giver and we want to receive Lord the dreams and the visions of the Spirit of God the language of the Holy Spirit that Lord, we you would give us ears to hear. You give us hearts to receive. Lord, you would do things, Lord, in our day and in our time, Lord, that would just be new and fresh. Lord, revive in us, O oh God. Lord, a hunger. Lord, we're not just out seeking these dreams for our own benefit, but Lord, we want to we wanna park our own dream that we're trying to control. And we want to, we want that dream of God to get a hold of us. We want that dream that you have for us, Lord. Some of you tonight, you need to exchange the dream that you've been trying to build for your life, and you need to lay it down because it's become an idol. And you need to say, Lord, I am... I am laying down my dreams. I am laying down my idol, my dream, my choice, and I am saying, Lord, I am trusting you tonight that what you have as a good father in your heart is so much better, so much greater, so much more fulfilling, so much more supernatural, and so, Lord, I am stepping in and I'm trusting you tonight. Like Joseph, I am saying I am loved of my father, and no matter what I'm walking through, what I'm going through, what pit I find myself in, what prison bars I'm looking at, oh, God, God, I still see the dream that has a hold of me. And I'm going after you wholeheartedly tonight. So, Father, I pray you would bless my friends. I pray you would fill us, refresh us tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We hope that you were blessed. For more information about Resurgence, including how you can take part of this great movement, visit www.Liveresurgence.com.